0: Welcome once again to the Johnny Fallum Podcast. What a week we have had from bawdy barroom debates to seismic opinion polls. The ballroom of no romance is in full swing as parties rule out potential suitors and prefer to look like lonely wallflowers. Health, taxes, environment, housing, we have had it all. But is this now just turning out to be the election of change? Change for whatever but give us change all the same. I'm going to take a long, lingering look at all aspects of where we find ourselves on the last weekend of campaigning and ask what it is the parties must do now in these, the final dying days of election 2020 to win hearts, minds and most of all, those precious votes. well i had to debate long and hard this week about where to start what to include what to leave out there is just so much out there we could be talking about this week i know many of you want some constituency predictions i'm going to look at a couple of constituencies not a whole lot of them i know there's so many i've been asked to look at and we may have to answer them on twitter or even come back to them during the week if we get lucky who knows um, but we will look at a couple of constituencies that are important uh, and maybe some of the ones to watch a little later. We're going to also take a look at a few of the other issues that people have raised with me during the week. But let's face it, there is one big piece of news this morning. Despite all the debates and all of the news that's happened during the week, it's all been brushed aside by the latest opinion poll from Red Sea and the Sunday Business Post and this one has really shaken things up for the last week of the campaign. So I'm going to start there and that's going to be our main focus today and we're going to look through the prism of these figures at what is going on in this election and what is it that the parties are going to have to do in order to turn things around or keep things going in these the final uh, few days that they've got of campaigning, so let's get straight to it and let's look at where the parties are at. This poll, I'm going to give you a quick rundown overall because the figures are interesting. Fianna fall and twenty four percent down two. Fine Gael twenty one percent down two. Sinn Féin twenty four percent up five. independence twelve percent down two. Greens 7% down 1. Labour 5 down 1. Social Democrats no change at 3. Solidarity people before profit 1% down 1. Aintu 2% up 1. Others 1% also up 1. Now what does that say? Let's start at the top. Fianna fall. how are they feeling when they read this poll today? Well at a very basic level of are going to look at this and go okay let's stay calm here we've dropped two points uh, in this which is within the margin of error so we can dismiss that it could be wrong it could be an anomaly we could still be around that 27 28 where we thought we were you know really we could be still there given given all that's happened or maybe we are dropping back more worrying for Fianna Fáil is where they're going to see Sinn Féin right now and, and the rise of Sinn Féin. But I want to talk about Sinn Féin in their own right um, and that's what makes this poll so interesting because all the permutations change thanks to Sinn Féin's continued rise and the other party's stagnation. So what are Fianna Fáil going to have to do here? What's caused this? Because they started out this election Really well. They started out, you know, with one opinion poll showing them at thirty-two percent, and while they might not have believed that was the case, to find themselves not moving on even from other polls that were showing them twenty-six, twenty-seven, and they might have hoped to get to thirty, it's it's going to be a bit disappointing that on the final weekend they didn't get something a bit more encouraging. I don't think they would have minded the rise in Sinn Fein if it had equated still to fianna fall being at twenty-eight percent or something like that. It's the fact that Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin are neck and neck that make it uneasy reading for Fianna Fáil right now. And I think Fianna Fáil are going to have to question strategy here. They're going to have to question particularly the idea of their approach to Sinn Féin in debates. Um, Because I think Micheál Martin set out a stall. Now, let's be honest this entire election for over a year has been choreographed and it was choreographed with one aim in mind that there are two choices here you have Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael now the last election they had the independence clouding all that and a rush towards independence so they managed to pretty much carve them out of this because the independence weren't able to make their voice heard really between the, the, the rows at government and therefore you end up with Fianna Fáil saying you know we can we can give you the alternative if you don't want Leo Varadkar then the option is to have Mihal Martin the option is to have a different type of leader but that's not quite working out in terms of these poll numbers And one of the reasons for that is although they managed to create that debate and they managed to create that narrative early on, and I think that's what helped them, other than that, Fine and Fianna Fáil have opened the door to allow Sinn Féin in. And Fianna Fáil must take blame for going off the script during the campaign. Because the script in this election was to be Leo Varadkar against Micheál Martin. Fianna Fáil hitting Finnegail, Finnegail hitting Fianna Fáil. But Micheál Martin got sidetracked. Mihol Martin allowed an obsession with Sinn Féin to cloud it. Now, now, don't get me wrong, they were always going to attack Sinn Féin because there were votes there. They were always going to be arguing for some of those votes. And they were always going to hit Sinn Féin and try try eat into their vote a little bit. But in the end it's become a little bit like an obsession leo probably handled it a bit better and i will touch on the debate uh the the, the virgin media all, all the leaders are in the debate i'll touch on that a little later but leo handled it a little bit better in that leo was kind of look i don't like their policies and that's all i'm going to say and we're not going to go into government because i don't like their policies and i will attack them on money and taxes and things like that Mayhal got really stuck into Sinn Féin he questioned their morals their background their party their history everything about them from top to bottom and I'm not sure that actually plays well either with the general public or with the Fianna Fáil base many of whom are kind of thinking well we're not anti-republican either like these two parties kind of fish out of a similar pool so it's obvious that they would argue with each other about votes but a way they're arguing as if all kinds of history uh, of republicanism is almost bad from fianna because that's how it sounds it may not be how it's intended but it's how it sounds seems strange and i think it's that that's opened the door here for sinn fein to come back now fianna Fáil are not going to be panicking here either what this poll means is that once the election is over they've got a lot of difficult choices to face if anything like this comes through in the figures and they're going to have to start accepting that up to now and, and, and you if you've listened to the previous podcast you know where we started out the journey of Sinn Féin here is 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 amazing in this election but you know that we've looked at this and said well Fianna Fáil are going to have to keep those permutations to the end who will be the partner that's all beginning to change a little bit on these figures and Fianna Fáil could comfort themselves on the basis that Sinn Féin well they poll 18-19% often but then they drop back but getting a surge this late in a campaign to this level hasn't been seen from Sinn Féin since you know there were a couple of opinion polls maybe in 2010-2011 Uh, well away from elections this has got to look like there's a definite trend and swing that is not going to go away when the votes are counted unless something dramatic happens in this week so fiona fall are thinking now okay we're we're probably still going to be the largest party on those figures they still got to reach the number of candidates the fact that there are constituencies that that 24% means more to Fianna Fáil in a sense because they can benefit from it in constituencies where they have more candidates. They have a greater spread of candidates. Therefore, they'll probably still be the largest party after this election. But it means Sinn Féin could be closing in on that. And it leaves a lot of permutations for where you're going to do, what's going to happen with government makeup. And I want to touch on that for each of the parties now uh, in, in a moment. But Fianna Fáil now have to ask themselves what do we do in this week because we're still 24% we could still be out front. There is still and I think Fianna Fáil believe it with some justification there will be a, probably a couple of percent up for Fianna Fáil or they will ex- certainly expect that in the election. If there are 24% in a poll they're probably going to get another percent or two on polling day at least and that's going to carry them up uh, a little bit more so they're going to be quite confident that they can still do this they won't be confident about what government they can form but they've got to keep focused on the election now i think the signs are simple i remember in 1992 um being involved in 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 the general election uh, at that stage and and it was a tough brutal election the mood and the public were behind Labour and there was a swing to Labour there was a general perception that you know Labour were going to be this new party of change and Ireland had changed and it was time to throw out the old and in with the new and and Labour captured that zeitgeist at the time. Now Fianna Fáil tried tried really hard to batter that back and in an election even went in with some really heavy negative campaigning boom labor are all the things that they were going to do to the economy all the things they were going to destroy about us hit them really hard it didn't work and it didn't work because people just don't buy it when you do it and there's no point wading out into the sea to fight back the waves it's not going to happen here and i think fianna fáil need to seriously look at themselves today and say right what do we do in the last week a couple of things we got to get back on script we have got to get back on attacking finngael finngael are in trouble their numbers are going down and the idea was was us or them we've got to get back to the us or them debate and we have got to start hitting Fine Gael, And we've got to start hitting Fine Gael on policy. And we got to forget Sinn Féin. We've got to get out of this row with Sinn Féin. We've got to get out of this personality uh, attacking between Michael Martin and Mary Lou Macdonald and, and, and this tête-à-tête that's going on. We've got to extricate ourselves from that because we're trying to hold back the waves there. And it's not going to work because there's a mood that's saying, actually we're not buying it your whole line of of these guys can't be worked with the people are now telling you that the public have moved on and believe these people can be so there's no point in you've been locked in the past saying well i can't so and fall need to change that narrative in this week they need to get back on message about them and finna Grail and hope that anything else will follow in that's going to be difficult because they've gone out on such a limb here but they do need to be able to say look whatever the public decide it is up to them if they want to vote Sinn Féin we're not saying you know okay definite we're going into government with them I think they've gone past been able to u-turn on that it would make them look weak now but they can at least change and say look the important thing is that people do respect the idea of change and moving Fine Grey out of government that's where their argument has to be they have to try get back into that zone otherwise they've got serious serious problems in terms of where that could go in the last couple of days they do not want to be spending the last few days caught up in a row with Sinn Féin and that has to be the priority this week plus the fact that Fianna Fáil now need to say right in the last week what do you do marshal your ground troops they do still have that powerful massive ground organization and they need that to put in a massive massive showing they need to canvas like hell this week they really need to pull out all the stops they need to recover areas that they've covered they need to go back rethink it because there's people that have canvassed in the early part of this campaign and now these polls have changed everything and they're gonna have to get back to those people because this is going to change their minds unless they do and fianna are going to have to pull out all the stops this week to get that ground game and say here's the people we want over the line look whatever you decide after that we'll deal with the fallout after the election and and that needs to be their line whatever we don't know what the people will decide but we'll deal with it somehow but what we definitely need is a debate where Fianna Fáil can get themselves back to discussing what Fianna have or haven't done and out of. In some ways, it's almost been like it, it, it could have worked. It could have worked in some ways for Micheál Martin that Fianna Fáil and Shin Féin both hogged the limelight and Finnegail got pushed down. That's, that's not the worst thing in the world, but it's clear Fianna Fáil aren't benefiting. And the reason Fianna Fáil aren't benefiting from that is because in that head to head the mood of change is going towards Sinn Féin and Féin Fáil are not going to manage to pull back from that they're not going to manage to stop that drive and therefore it could actually start to impact them negatively or at least stagnate them and that's a real challenge when you've only got a few days to get through. So while this poll is going to leave people in rooms today in Fianna Falls scratching their head a little bit they're going to say keep calm we got a couple of days we often turn it around we get the ground game back out we moved the narrative on in these last few days we've got to get calmer we've got to be cooler about it and we have got to ensure that in the last few days people focus on the image and idea of Micheál Martin as Taoiseach and that's what they have to try and get people to start imagining in that time if they don't then there is a very real risk that this election will be a huge missed opportunity for them so let's move on and let's just look at the next party here and surprising as that may seem that's going to be Sinn Féin because they're neck and neck with to fall in this latest opinion poll now, I want you just to think a little bit if you've been listening to this podcast of of the change we've seen over the course of this election because you know if you've listened to this, we spent a lot of time, probably the opening of every episode here has been about finnegail it's been about Finnegail and their handling of things Leo Varadkar, his approach. And there's a very good reason for that. Fine Gael are the party of government right now, uh, the largest party as things stand. Um, While in opinion polls they might have been coming in second, we've looked at some of their figures and they've been at least first or second on it. They're not second even today and that honour belongs to Sinn Féin, who are the story of the day. And I think that just gives you a sense of the shifting narratives that are happening in terms of the public's mind as well and the things that they're seeing and believing and and how that's going to affect the minds of people as they approach the ballot box next saturday so Sinn Féin are up to 24 percent and it's a fascinating story it really is because this just shows where elections go and how unpredictable and chaotic they are and managing that chaos is is just it's impossible yet it has to be done and you have to react to it and and the only way you do i said this in an earlier episode is by having people who understand that chaos is not always bad good comes out of chaos and 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 chaos if you're in there you you expect i know how to react to it not everybody is built like that now Sinn Féin started out the election and I think even for themselves probably believed that there were a couple of gains to be had but this was about holding their own, uh, keeping their seats and possibly getting back into government. I mean for the first time you go back to 2016, back to 2011 Sinn Féin talked at those times about still being the main party in government uh about being the 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 leading party in government and that was the only way they would go in and it's only recently that Sinn Féin changed that and began to say well we're willing to go into government even as a junior partner now I think first and foremost that's important that is really really important and real part of their drive now Sinn Féin today might actually there will be people in Sinn Féin looking at this going we should never have said that we should now be pushing to be the biggest party in the country that should be our aim we should wipe these guys out keep a lid on it guys because this is going well and you've handled it well and I think Sinn Féin have handled this step by step quite well in this election they've only got a week to go this is not the time to blow it one of the reasons that I'm going to say first up that we're seeing this Sinn Féin rise is that change in attitude in the party they moved from being a party that seemed to be obsessed with wild visions things that were never going to happen uh you're going to lead the government Sinn Féin Taoiseach all of those things they seem really hard to grasp and really hard to people to kind of say yeah you know that's what I can foresee I can see a Sinn Féin Taoiseach they, people didn't want to hear that from Sinn Féin. they did want to hear are you guys actually coming in here as a genuine political alternative is this a political party that's going to go in there and just do stuff not have some you know long-term crazy ideology that we're going to hear about going to be practical about it and Sinn fein have become that that subtle change of even saying we're going to go into government It's the other parties that won't let us in, but we're going to go in. We're happy to do that. Has made them so much more acceptable. Because now people see a party that's eager to actually go in and implement its policies. Not a party of protest. Not a waste of a vote. Not a party that's going to sit on the sidelines. This is a party that's actually said, we want to be in there. Give us the vote. Give us the backing others are trying to block us but you know what give us a shot we'll be in there we'll do it whereas up to this it seemed like a waste because they talked about we'll only be in government if it's a completely left-wing government or we'll only go in if we're the major party in other words give us a vote but we won't actually be going into government people don't like that this was a swing for a party that could change things and the change that they led was the idea that they were willing to go into government and they're reaping a benefit from that first and foremost secondly Sinn Féin in this election were dubious perhaps at the start even among themselves even among Sinn Féin people I talked to were saying look we think we can win a few seats we think we can be in there we think we can get a a major influence on government they weren't expecting the polls to show what they're currently showing and even if Sinn Féin lost this in the last week of the election this changes things because they now know there's potential it can happen for them and they've got to believe in that now they now know this isn't one of these things where it all just disappears every time there's potential there are votes out there willing to come to Sinn Féin's side so how did it happen for they went on such a journey and for me there are a couple of things that have occurred here first of all Sinn Féin saying they were willing to to go into government wanting to start out that way then they got a certain amount of that idea of change and they've got a little bit of momentum and I think there's a bandwagon effect here people are seeing a winner they're saying we want to be on side with the winner why not let's go with that I think Sinn Féin have benefited hugely from the idea that the other two main parties were ruling them out continually. That neither of them were really big enough to say, look, don't like their policies, but if they were willing to change some of those policies, well, who knows? They are a political party. They're just a political party. That's all. That's what political parties do. The fact that the parties were seemingly ganging up on them, pushing them out... There's a message here, a strong message to both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. The public have moved on when it comes to Sinn Féin. The public have made a decision that for them Sinn Féin is an acceptable party to have in government. Simple as that. This old narrative that no, no, you know, people don't want them and there's going to be, you know, terrible threat to the state, etc, etc. People do not buy it anymore you've got to move on and adapt this is the new reality and i don't think the big parties have grasped that as yet now there are some interesting figures just in terms of where the voting age in in the poll is looking because you take voters over the age of 55 that's where Fianna Fáil hold about 32% according to the poll Fianna Gael 27% according to the poll they're probably the figures Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael expected to be ending up with maybe at the start of this election well Fianna Gael might have hoped for even better but you know both of those parties would have thought that's a 55 plus Sinn Féin is down at 11 on that now health warning sometimes when we're looking at polls we're going to say they are also the voters most likely to show up they are most likely to be out there voting in the general election for their local candidate and that is of course what the big parties are going to say our poll numbers could be up because our voters are more likely to show up however put another health warning on the health warning we've seen a lot higher engagement among the youth vote in Ireland in recent referendums and I know they're different to general elections and I know they're different in, in turnout and everything else, but we have seen a more engaged younger vote. Therefore, there is potential. There is potential there that the vote will show up. Because when we go voters age between 35 and 54, and this one's really interesting because these are people in jobs. Taxpayers, you know this is a a a, a strong what you know parties would look at and say, you know that's your 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 core of your economy right there thirty five to fifty four they're they're the 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 workers and the people doing everything that what Leo might call he'd expect a lot of this category to be the people who get up early in the morning, all of that, in that category Sinn Fein is on twenty nine percent Fianna Fail nineteen percent and Fine Gael eighteen percent that there is a bit of a shock because that's not you know just oh you know people coming in and they're feeling a bit left-wing and they they you know in previous elections be dismissed as ah you know just younger people coming in here wanting change not getting the reality of the problem no these are people in an age group that these parties big parties like Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael might have expected they were going to do well in. And it just shows that that age group has now moved on from anything. This isn't, you can't say within that age group they don't remember the troubles. You know, somebody, you know, 50 years of age, 45 to 50 years of age, they they remember the trouble. They remember what went on with Sinn Féin. They don't care. It's over. They've moved on. This is a party that's giving them an option in an election and that's going to be so so important that's where there's a major battleground now and of course voters age 18 to 34 Sinn Féin are at 35 Fianna Fáil 18 Fine Gael 15 again you see that young vote coming in and saying we want some kind of change so if you break that down you're getting a lot of younger voters saying we're going to go with this party and you know what I think if you look at the narrative from Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael about Sinn Féin, they have utterly played into the hands of the narrative that Sinn Féin represents change. Without Sinn Féin having to do all that much, because they said Sinn Féin was change every other party they were talking about doing deals with working with what they liked what they didn't like every other party was just another political party but they told us week after week you no know, them guys over there though they're not like any other political party they, them guys are different them they, in fact we can say they're a bit shadowy they're a bit strange they're they're you know there's there's something untoward about them and who are frustrated electorate slightly younger electorate that doesn't sound all that scary that sounds good well you know what if they're the ones that are so different if they're not just another political party if they are something different and yes there's some romantic idea of where they were in the past you know what fine maybe they'll shake it up and I think the big parties of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael there, and I'm calling them big parties and, and, and the polls, I know we're showing Sinn Féin as a big party now, but on current standings, the, those parties have to take responsibility for that. I mean, how they could not see that continually branding Sinn Féin as being different in an elections where people are talking about a lack of diversity and a lack of options and a lack of difference, of course that's going to benefit Sinn Féin. If anything what would have done more damage to Sinn Féin was Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael saying yeah well they're just another political party we'd have to look at some of their policies and sure they all know once you go into government you won't get everything you want. Things are going to have to be but you know they seem to have adapted to that reality. Uh, you know things will be different for them in government. I think that would have been more damaging to Sinn Féin to be just another political party. Instead They've managed to carve this out mary lou mcdonald has done a really good job i think to be fair to her on the campaign trail as leader of keeping a lid on us. plus sinn fein have done one of the things that i i suggested that they they should despite really heavy attacks they've they've retaliated back they have hit back no doubt and that's understandable of course you're going to hit back when you've been attacked but really they haven't got themselves sucked into an idea of no, we're still going to rule out, even under the pressure of Finfall, they didn't dip back into a complete ruling out of fall and Finegrail and saying, look, it'll never happen. They laid out a preference for a left-wing government. Yes, uh, that really would like a government that was neither Fienafoal or Finegrail, but we're still keeping it calm. We're still talking about doing deals and we're still talking about making progress. They know and, and it will be difficult now with michael Martin and Mary Lou MacDonald. They understand that. They got that but they still managed in the course of the week to actually deliver something of a message to people still said look even despite all this don't get carried away don't get carried away into the personal attacks here let's just focus on what we're telling you change is coming and I think it's worked for them uh, uh obviously it's working right now now in this final week Sinn Féin what are they going to say at this because they're going to be really really excited now today here's the thing first of all rule one it's a tricky vote but make sure you get it out and they have to get that vote out they have to start looking at their ground game it's not so much media now it's about on the ground in the final week can we ensure that all those people around the country who are saying they're going to vote Sinn Féin are going to show up and vote that's what we have to ensure happens here that's the first point then they are going to have debate and they're going to have Sinn Féin will want to be part of the final leaders debate um I think they'll make a big play for that I don't know whether it's going to be adjusted to allow Mary Lou Macdonald into it I think she could do a good job in there because I think it will end up being the other two trying to fight with Mary Lou and she'll probably come off okay with it but equally let me be honest if I were Mary Lou Macdonald if I didn't show up to that debate and I wasn't allowed to be part of it. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because based on previous debates all people are going to see is Leo and Hall arguing and say the real person we wanted to hear that was going to shake things up isn't allowed on the debate. I think again that would play into Mary Lou's hands. If I were her I wouldn't be all that pushed about it. Yes of course I would protest and say it's unfair and it's wrong but I wouldn't push too hard because I think just staying at where they are, if they never said another word, everyone else is doing the talking for them. And that's a good place to be. And I think Sinn Féin now need to start talking. The danger here, of course, is going to be that when they're neck and neck with Fianna Fáil, people are going to start talking about Sinn Féin Taoiseach. Could we have a rotating Taoiseach? Could Sinn Féin get enough seats to really be in the position to say, yes rotating Taoiseach would be nice should Sinn Féin be the major party with Fine Gael as a junior party could that happen they're the kind of permutations that people are going to throw out now warning for Sinn Féin here when that happens it becomes a little bit like what happened the Labour Party and the Gilmore Gale and all that remember Gilmore for Taoiseach careful tread really carefully an opinion poll like that can evaporate so quickly when people suddenly get hold on we didn't expect you to go crazy we we thought you were good you were the mood for change don't go headlong and telling us that you're now taking over just play it cool it's a poll it's a really good poll nothing changes from the narrative you've had all the time calm not gonna guess it's only a poll we have to get the vote out play it down right now Sinn Féin are going to be like uh, Liverpool trying to win their first league title in 30 years and you know how long anybody who's following football it took before Liverpool actually started admitting particularly even among their fan base we're going to win the league because they knew oh just don't mention it don't talk about it because so many things can cause a slip-up and politics even more important don't mention winning the election. Don't mention it. Just plough on day to day. Don't get carried away talking about it. See through this last week the way you have, hoping that you're going to get some gains in seats and have an influence at government. That keeps a lid on people's expectations. It keeps a lid on the public where they may fear something happening. And it allows Sinn Féin to then get the bonus of whatever seats come their way on the day that's the challenge and it's not going to be an easy one when everybody gets so excited so moving on we come to finaguel if any party is going to be disappointed this morning with this opinion poll really disappointed with it it's going to be finaguel this wasn't what it was supposed to be like none of this election has turned out so far to be what it was supposed to be like they've got a real pressure now where one week out there would have been a hope a hope that this opinion poll would show even just a couple of percent just a couple of percent maybe if it showed fianna Fáil still on about you know 27-ish and Fine gael though gone up two or three and four were still I think four on the previous one had been 26. Finofo still on 26, but you know Fine gael had come back to 25 that would still do them. We're coming back. that's the narrative it's beginning to change. This is the last week we're beginning to push back and we're going to become the biggest party still. That was what was supposed to happen here. I want to look at why it hasn't happened and why overall things have been so poor. Because, you know, really, I, one of the problems that that the election has had is, is a lack of pizzazz in some parts of the campaign. I, I said early on, Fianna Fáil seemed to have gone with, you know, sober and somber, sober and somber. And Fianna Fáil, are now in the last week, need to get rid of sober and somber uh, because that certainly isn't working. It's stagnated them. What they had going in, they're going to hold going in they needed an opinion to push on an opinion polls to have something extra in the campaign and Fianna Fáil haven't had that extra gear. Now that should have benefited Finagrail. Gael. Gael. should have said right Fianna Fáil have got this start on us. That's fine we start further back we can take that but unless Fianna Fáil have something in the bag we're going to come back and you know what Fianna have haven't had anything in the bag they're still sober and somber so if they're so sober and somber how do we come out and just go guys do you really want that look how dour and boring it is so come on if there's a change here we'll be more exciting excitement in this election for Fine portraying excitement has been quirky videos quick ideas snappy lines branding marketing <sighs> it's not actually anything it's 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 going to the restaurant and getting some really pretty vegetables assorted on your plate tied up with all kinds of nice things and strange looking and vibrant colors and everything else on your plate. but you're still looking at the plate going where's the steak where is the, the, the what am i actually going to eat here because these vegetables they look lovely they, they they visually this is amazing but i'm going to need the meat on the plate here and finna haven't delivered that at all this election now is turning into a bit of a nightmare with a week to go they have to be hoping the polls are wrong that's where they're at the polls have to be wrong they have to hope that this election is going to see them with enough on the ground and across constituencies to stay ahead because at 21 percent and Sinn Féin on 24, if Sinn Féin push on just a little bit more, Fine Gael could be relegated to third-party status in the country. That is not what Fine Gael expected. I mean, just, just for a moment, come with me on a little bit of a journey in, in, in Fine Gael. Fine Gael had their entire existence. You, you know, after Fianna Fáil come to power in 1932, Fine Gael have been second fiddle they've been okay with that it's been annoying but it's second fiddle you know we we, we can always get into power with one of the other parties particularly Labour in order to get into power <clears throat> now then came an era where Fianna Fáil were going to struggle to, to to maintain single party governments Fianna Fáil could do coalitions but there were periods in the early 80s where, where Fine Gael talked and Gareth Fitzgerald talked about becoming the largest party in the country that was the dream that was like if if going to Elysium for for Fine Gael members to be the largest party. Imagine what it would be like. And then we had an international crisis meltdown. Everything that that conspired against, and it would have taken. Given Fianna Fáil's electoral dominance and construct and, and, and organisation and everything else, eh, they probably always knew it wasn't something that would happen naturally. It would take a seismic international disaster to actually undermine Fianna Fáil to the degree that would allow Fine Gray But they got it. It happened they were nearly wiped out in 2002 they were nearly there was talk then that could they just end up being merged with Fianna Fáil could they drift away and could another party like the Labour Party actually overtake them they were scared and then 2011 they got all their dreams come true there were commemorative plates there were everything laid out at at the, the, the party conference this was an amazing achievement we're bigger than Fianna Fáil we have hammered Fianna Fáil into the ground they're dust. They're probably not coming back. They were the old heavyweight boxer. And you know what, we've just knocked them out on the floor. I don't think they're going to fight again. That was the mood. And here we are, nine years later, and Fine Gael have not pushed on. They're, they're looking at a result that could equate back to 2002. That's not how this was meant to pan out. And it's not as if they've had some big economic disaster like Fianna Fall had. In fact, the economy's been growing. How the hell does this happen? That's what they're going to ask in the room. What has gone on? What is it that means, despite having an economy that's transformed from, from what they would say was a disaster in 2011 to something really quite strong now, do we end up getting the kind of kicking Fianna Fáil took that's the really perplexing part for them and it comes down to a couple of things first of all besides the overwhelming rush to Fine Gael as a safety net in 2011 actually after that in the polls their numbers didn't they never got to what Fianna Fáil used to be they never got to holding 40% of the vote consistently they actually went back pretty quickly as soon as they were in government to the standard Finegrail vote levels. And they haven't changed. And once there's a shock or once there's a pressure, that vote is actually uh, being in the mid to high 20s is always likely a couple of percent and you're in real trouble. They never developed a buffer, they never became popular outside of what was a traditional Finegrail base. And that's difficult uh, when you're a party that's in government because you are going to take flack. Now, they went into this election, first and foremost, trying to pick a right time. And look, so many people um, have warned, there have been a lot of commentators who I think foolishly talked about timings and what would be better and Brexit and all of this stuff. There are also lots of commentators, of which, you know, I'm in their camp saying, you can't pick a time you know the elections happen but you've got to go and you've got to show decisiveness do not drag it out do not make it seem that you to be forced kicking and screaming because this nonsense that people do not want an election people don't actually care they say they don't want an election but once the election happens they don't actually punish you for having the election they get on with voting on the issues and who they want to see in government not oh you caused the election so that's terrible you know i was really happy with the government but because the government had an election i'm not going to vote for that government again i'm going to vote for a government i would be unhappy with to punish them that, that's not how people think people go look at, i don't want an election it's hassle but we're giving you an election fine well look at i still think you're the best guys will you get on with the job vote you back in if they think somebody else is better they'll vote for somebody else but they're going to vote for that other person anyway finna missed really good opportunities to be decisive and go out there and 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 show leo in a different light instead it's all been just so there's never been that moment of saying right this is real power this is and and they should have that gravitas but it doesn't come across they have been in a zone where it's it's just more of the same all the time i think one of their policies has been so much to do with you know expecting people to thank us for this economy but we've never really got a sense of where finna is going with the economy they talk about the future and you know a better future a future to look forward to look forward to what exactly because i still don't know it's a future i'm looking forward to that's finna if i were to actually boil it down when they give me that slogan i think okay a future to look forward to a future that is going to cut some taxes so i'll probably get a holiday in the next year or two they're going to do some stuff on the environment generally like everybody else they're going to do something about the health service they haven't been doing a whole lot in the last while but they're going to do something about it now Uh, housing they're going to do something about that as well even though they weren't doing it before they're going to kind of get onto it now but i don't really know these are just policies that can be implemented every couple of years there is no vision there I don't know where it's all going it's just chop and change and sure look at anybody else can come in and chop and change too because we're all just operating on a year-to-year plan here aren't we so there's no difficulty in diverging from that and that's where Fine have gone wrong I think they've had a real difficulty we've talked about this in in, in the first election episode of, of Leo on the campaign trail I don't think it's it's come across well for them and I think the real danger here is you know there's been a lot of talk of where the vote's going to Sinn Féin really interesting it's becoming really difficult to deny that there are people who were voting Fine Gael who are now deciding to vote Sinn Féin that was not supposed to be possible these parties weren't supposed to be in the same vote pool people don't want to vote Fine Gael and then vote Sinn Féin which to me just proves the idiocy of people talking about the ideological nature of politics, left, right, people move. The policies look good. Now Fine gael are going to look at today and say, "Guys, we're in trouble. We're in real trouble. We can't, we can't deny that this is now a rear guard action, because if we do, we're going to sleepwalk into an absolute chaos next weekend." And that spells disaster, I think, for Leo Varadkar as leader. This is the guy, the great hope, who was going to change the face of Fine Gael. He was going to change the face of the man media. He was going to change the face of Fine Gael as being a boring old conservative party. That's exactly what they look like still. That's how people are seeing them. This isn't anything different or new or energy about Fine Gael. They're the same old Fine Gael. Now, if you're fighting a rearguard action, what do you want to do? What does Finegrail decide in the coming days that they've got to again, like the others, they've got to get their ground game out, yes, ensure they have a big party organization, particularly in a lot of constituencies where the likes of Shim Fein would be weaker, where they'll get a good vote but won't take a seat. And that's where Finegrail need to ensure they get in and, and get over the line with their candidates. What can they do though in terms of messaging? Well, for me, they've got to change things up. They've they've talked a lot about or tried to get this message across of you can't have all these things people want without a strong economy and Finagreel delivers the strong economy. It's a reasonable line, but it's a little bit boring. Um and it doesn't quite how, why, what is it? Because are things fine and you guys, other people have delivered strong economies. Even using the line ignores the fact you see that Fianna Fáil delivered a really strong economy but it still went off a cliff so people are looking every time Fianna Gael say that line go, (laughs) I'm not convinced you you guys you you, you delivered the economy other parties would have done exactly the same the economy is the economy and you know what none of you are going to stop it going off a cliff because you'll all do the same thing if it starts to head that way boom we'll be gone so there's not really a risk here anymore now what should finagle try to get across i think they do need to bring it back to that economy message because i think it's about the only thing they've got now however they need to change it this is not going to be easy maybe for some finagle people to hear but they are now in what i would call in terms of campaigning tactics they're in pd territory progressive democrats in in uh, 2002 um when the progressive democrats famously went one party government no thanks I think Fine Gael have to really push they want to attack Fianna Fáil now they've done a little bit of this that Fianna Fáil are going to go in with Sinn Féin um now I don't think there's huge votes to be gained in terms of getting massive poll numbers that'll lead you to government or anything in attacking Sinn Féin right now that's why I'm saying Fianna Fáil have got to be careful about it however Fine Gael, I hate to say it for those supporters you look to be in a different position you don't look to be really aiming for government right now. You look to be trying to save seats. And if so, that becomes, I think, a message of finigrail, you know, vote for finagrail. Because otherwise you gotta and they've got to challenge the electorate and say, look, seriously, whatever you think about us, and we accept you don't like us, you don't that that's fine. There's other parties out there too, and maybe you like them more, don't care. But let's be honest what you're talking about here the party that drove the economy off a cliff that that the, the, the party Fall who who destroyed the economy that party you're talking about letting into government with another party who's completely untried untested and the only reason they look so attractive to you all is because they've never been in government they've never had to take that difficult decision and they're promising you everything and you know what you're all buying it up you're all going to vote for them because they've promised you you can have it all well you can't And if you allow Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin into government together, you are allowing the party that's happy to drive an economy over a cliff be combined with the party that's happy to promise everything and anything to everybody and throw money away and you will end up at the bottom of a ravine if you do this. Now, that's not my view. But that's the line Fine Gael have to be. They have to say, look, there's only one outcome happening in this election. We accept it now in terms of these poll numbers. Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin have to form a government. And I want to say to people, is that what you want? Whatever party you're thinking of voting for, vote for it. But if you're voting for these, you know, it's clear. It is clear that we're in for a disaster with these guys in government and i think they have to hit that message hard 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 stop talking about what they're going to do in government stop talking about the thing now they've got to just save their seats by getting some people scared this is project fear for finna in this last week that's what it is project fear terrify people because there's a certain amount of people who will go oh okay okay just just it is getting out of hand um and maybe, maybe I'll I'll just edge back to Finegrail. That will probably cost Finegrail that zeitgeist of you know change and being different and and everything else. It probably costs them a chance at government afterwards. Because I think the only possible way after that then is once the election's over, for finegrail to say, Look guys, the electorate have spoken, we need to take time, we believe we did a good job, people didn't like it and we need to examine why they didn't like it um, and clearly people have stated they wanted other parties in, it is up to those other parties and we need to go back and re-examine things. It wouldn't be right for us to form a government now on the back of this and that at least gets them out of the hassle of government, I think that will be the end of Leo Varadkar if that happens but that's where finna are probably going to end up if these polls are right but if they could get that swing then who knows who knows where they could possibly end up so long as they're the biggest party but uh, in terms of themselves and Sinn Féin they've got to ensure that happens I think they they can but that's that's the game they're in now Uh, and it's a long way off being that visionary party so as I say they, they missed their chance to lay out the vision of the country that's gone now it's about fear and about engendering that fear in people about what's going to happen. Without that, they're going to still lose seats because the only thing that's going to save them now is risk—the um, risk that that something's going to go horribly wrong. Uh, and I think that's where they're going to have to get, and that's not a nice position for them. But it's a real challenge for Finnegail now, because they never expected these poll numbers to end up here this was supposed to be an election where yeah they started out they these were the their stars they're their Leo Varadkar Pascal Donahue, you know Simon Coveney these were all people who were supposed to be able to give some some air of authority and semblance of consistency in it I said during the week last week that one of the problems I saw with all of the political leaders in the debate was I didn't see particular heavyweights I think Fenegrail really need to ask themselves that because for Fenegrail ministers in government there should be heavyweights. I think they fail to project any sense or aura of power and control and and a real ability to say we can lead. It's just been like everybody else. There are a couple of guys and girls getting together and saying, Look, we're a party. Come on, you know, join us and vote with us. We'll we'll do some stuff rather than we're we're the heavy hitters here we know what's going on in the economy finna for instance wanted to change the election and say that it, it would it would transform during the course of the election and finna would do what fianna fáil did in 2007 now i always doubted that was going to happen and here's why um whether you you forget everything else you might think of the personalities involved and try Cast back to 2007, when Fiona did that change. That change happened after one particular episode. Coming to the last week, it was when Brian Cowan arrived into a press conference, not Bertie Ahern. Brian Cowan, and Brian Cowan, who was the heavy-hitting minister for finance, said, "Look, a lot of stuff that we've promised here in our election, straight up, is dependent on the economy going well. But I'm telling you now." The economy might not be going to go all that well and we may not be delivering a lot of this stuff so look across at the other parties who've promised even more because that's going to go really badly wrong and brian cowan shifted a narrative but he did that because i know there's all the stuff in the average saying what brian cowan because he's so colored by his term as Taoiseach and people's perception of it that but at that point this guy was a real heavy hitter a trusted minister uh he was a guy that people kind of looked to and said whoa cowan's really laying it on the line here and he was tough aggressive he was considered a good speaker at that point believe it or not those of you who can only remember his term as Taoiseach might be surprised but he was a good speaker he was a powerful figure and he changed it because this was their heavyweight now i don't see i don't see fenugreal being able to wheel out pascal and pascal command the same authority and go guys i'm telling you now your economy and and he should be able to they need to do this but i'm just curious have they built up an image that's strong enough of you know, when i look at the videos and i look at stuff i just don't get that sense i think they they want to be fun and i'm not sure they can pull it back now to pascal saying guys i'm warning you now this isn't looking good on the books um and that's that's where they find themselves and that's the course they're trying to chart for the next couple of days but they are going to be really worried about those figures because at 21% it's seat saving time the vision is going to be gone So one of the interesting things about the poll, I suppose, is still that independence figure, um, which is at 12%. Now that's down two. One thing that's I suppose it's it's a strange one, because as I said, independents have not managed to command this election and they've not managed, and, and perhaps that 12% is is based on some very strong polling numbers in particular areas that will come through on the day, because we will have some strong independence there and there are independents who are going to look at that therefore and be relatively happy with with where they see that vote and and how much of that they can get and say there's a seat here for me i'm going to say this as well though the the because they haven't managed to get it there's 12 percent of a vote there that all of the other parties can now start to look at and and some of the strategists are going to look down and go well depending on who we're attacking there's a good 12 percent of people saying they're voting independent and independents are not going to be in the game here and all parties may start to turn around and go shim fame can start to turn around and say look if you're thinking of voting independent because you want change vote for real change because we're actually going into power now we're going to change be part of this we're going to have the real effect and you're going to have Fianna Fáil going look you know many of you were probably traditionally part when you look at those figures some of that vote is a traditional old Fianna Fáil vote that just went independent at 2011 and they'll say look come back to us we need you now we need to ensure this is Fianna Fáil's moment of getting back to power come back to us and you're going to have Finegrail saying if you want to stop the insanity that's going to happen you guys need to get on board and pick a party you know, stop, stop with this independent thing. It's either have twelve percent of people. If if had that twelve percent, the economy would be safe. We'd be out running the country, no doubt about it. If we even had some of that vote. So they are gonna look and all the parties are gonna look and say, if we could get even a fraction of that twelve percent, they're disaffected, they want independence, they want for something, but if we can get even a fraction of that vote, that's going to make all the difference. So independents aren't going to have one unified voice in the next week. They're going to be out there, each individual making their change on the doorstep, and personalities where it's going to count for them. But there's an awful lot of them that people are going to say, look, and if even if you are voting an independent, where are those transfers going to come? Because that twelve percent, if it doesn't transfer, it's not going to get twelve percent of seats. Therefore. There's a lot of transfers to come, and they could make quite a difference to us too. Last seats, you know, whether it's Fianna Fáil, Finnegail, we we could be in there, um. And 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 I think by the way that's where Fianna Fáil and Finnegail will pick up because they'll pick up those transfers. They'll have candidates in place to pick up transfers, where perhaps. Sinn Féin will struggle a little bit with they'll, they'll maybe top the poll and not have somebody else to sweep up what might be some other votes that could happen in certain constituencies but independents are going to come under that real pressure so I think look, they're going to be focused on their ground game this week obviously um, that's all they can do when you're an independent candidate but it is a real challenge now to say why are independents going to hold up because what are they going to do You know, it's looking less and less likely that independents are going to be able to form part of this government. Because unless the other parties start growing, unless Fianna Fáil get a few more percentage, they're not going to be able to form that government with Greens and Labour and Social Democrats and independents like they wanted to. And that's where the challenge is. And that's where there's a real challenge for for independents now. Can they stay relevant in the last week when everybody's going to talk about what kind of government are we going to get so then let's talk about the greens um seven percent in the poll down one i've said before look from the greens where they were in 2011 in many ways you could say yeah this this is good you know there's there's progress here Uh, this has to be a really disappointing election though it really has to be i mean look at the ingredients here you have the two main parties now battling it out looking to have so we know there's going to be some kind of coalition and both of them are talking about environmental policies both of them very much want the greens in government you have the green party themselves willing to go into government make a change you have an environmental movement that has been powerful for over a year you've had a swing to the greens in local elections that was carrying them on a a green wave that seemed to come out of nowhere and now you have an electorate that's saying we want change we don't want the same two parties going we're looking for something different we're looking for someone else to go to And most of the people who are doing that, according to the opinion poll, are younger people. People under the age of 55 and certainly under 35. So it's custom made. The Greens should be storming. How are Sinn Féin getting 7-point rise in a poll, 4-point rise in a poll? How are they going from 16% to 24% and the Greens are stagnant here around this 7-8%? it doesn't seem to make sense and it's going to be really frustrating now there's a couple of things here the greens will hope looking at the poll they're going to say look guys nobody really saw in the local elections how we began to storm away and and when the vote comes out they're gonna they're gonna see a surprise here they're gonna see the greens doing a bit better I, I people may not say they're voting green but there's probably a shy green vote that's out there we're going to do well and and we're going to surprise people again um i think that's going to be, be part of their hope at least but deep down i think they're going to look at it scratch their head and be really worried because this is an opportunity this is the time right now and this incoming government is going to be in at a time when many of the policy foundations for the next decade whether it's taxes charges whether it's it's ambition and grant schemes and painful things whatever it is it's going to affect the environment the environment's going to be at the core of all that policy this is the one the greens need to be there for and it's beginning to look like they're missing the opportunity and that people are putting Sinn Féin in there for that and one of the things that's happened here is that in the local elections there was a sudden kind of movement of people who who just kind of began to feel the environment is important and we do want change and we do want things to change and they moved towards the greens in those last couple of weeks or days pushing up their numbers and saying yeah that's that looks like somebody we can trust finally again how does it evaporate so quickly? And, and of course, this is where Sinn Féin find themselves. They're now on a big upswing. It could evaporate too. Maybe not in the last week. Maybe, well, it could possibly in the last week. But even if it didn't, maybe over the next six, eight months, it could be gone again. If there was another election, maybe it wouldn't be there for Sinn Féin. It's a very transient vote that's still looking for a home. And the Greens should have been able to capitalise on that. They should have been able to build something happened for them that they have failed to get the real climate agenda in there and that's the problem i think for the greens number one everybody keeps dismissing it we've all got the climate thing down we're all going to do good stuff on the environment we agree but nobody's actually talking about what it is they're going to do Because deep down, what all the parties are saying, we're all going to do good stuff in the environment. But don't you worry your little heads about those charges or taxes or costs or anything else going up. or you having to pay any money to do things? Because we're not going to do anything nasty like that to you. And the Greens probably know that that's not really feasible. People are going to have to use some of their own money too. You can give them grants to retrofit their house. But you're going to have to use some of your own money because it is an investment in your house the only ones you're really going to maybe do it for are people in real fuel poverty and you're going to have to look at things like changing transport and and it seems to be that the public gets scared and have got scared by the greens ever since the locals they've got scared in 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 constituencies and in wider groupings that yeah they're changing too much and maybe and i've said this before criticism of the greens has been for me the fact that their vision is actually so dramatic a change it's it's something they're trying to tell us about the ireland of 10 and 20 years which is fair enough but people can't envisage that change happening in two or three and the greens don't intend it happening in two or three but we don't know what it is they intend to happen in two or three and that's the bit that's missing but they also have been allowed themselves to be portrayed really into this corner of of, it's just the environment here and it's just and and the greens have got to really ask people about that change say look this is more because the environment does affect every policy that you do it does affect your spending it does and it's okay to have one policy that's environmentally based because that's so central to everything that's happening now so what are they going to do I think the greens need to come out of their shell now in the last week um i think they need to accept the climate thing is just not kicking off and most worryingly those young voters are not grasping the need for green policies or environmental policies right now or else those young voters are saying we're trusting all these other parties with that they have got to get themselves to a point now where they can challenge those younger voters in particular and that's where i would be targeting i think the greens have now got to decide you know what let's stop let's stop. bother reaching out to mary from cross malina who's who's a rural dweller forget it that, that's gone you know that we're not getting that vote there that's that's gone let's start reaching out in the constituencies where we can win let's overperform by getting the real constituencies we know what is that vote it's young it's probably urban and that's where we're going to make a difference and let's start saying the things that yes will offend other people but we're going to pull them into our group so we're not going to get massive gains here but we are going to get ourselves into the debate and we're going to be a bit controversial because what they've got to do now is actually go out and challenge those same young people and say look Why are younger voters who say they're concerned about the environment actually saying that when they want change they're voting for Sinn Féin and they've got to challenge Sinn Féin on that because that's where their younger voters are going. They've got to challenge those voters and say why vote Sinn Féin if climate is what you care about then going with a party that's going to say we're not going to raise taxes we're going to just do public building of houses we're just going to fix everything and we spend lots on it that's not where it's going to work here these guys are not they're telling you there's a good environment policy where is it because this doesn't work we've been in government this promise all is not going to happen here and and that's the line they've got to follow they've got to really get out and challenge young urban voters why are you going if you care about the environment then now is the time to step up this is your moment if you care about all of the policies and all of the things that's got to change and all of the fact that this planet is in trouble and our environment is in trouble which is all the green line then you have to step up now and vote green this is not the time to say well we just want to chance these guys for a little while this is the formative election you either get us in now or we risk losing everything it's project fear from another side but it's again the only part that they can do because the greens have to look at these numbers and admit young voters young voters are the most concerned about the over 55s are not the ones deeply concerned about the environment it's the younger voters that have been out there and those younger voters are now saying when we want change we're going to change to Sinn Féin and that can't work it can't work long term for the greens it's really going to be because if they miss this one there's a long road back for the next one uh, and that's the problem they face so where then do you go with labor now i actually think labor could do a little bit better than the polls are suggesting at that five six percent i think they can actually pull in some seats. I think Jed Nash, a reardon obviously. Um, Kevin Humphreys. Uh, I asked some Labour people who they thought. They say Kevin Humphreys could be in for a seat there. That's that's possible. Um, and I think you know there there are a few like Joanna Tuffy, maybe an outlier there. There there are some that that there are opportunities for them in. That they could surprise a little bit, and I think with their own organization and approach they might be able to do a a little bit of a surprise beyond what the polls show but other than that again this has to be disappointing it has to be a real they haven't moved they haven't moved since they took that kicking you know they they're, they're struggling to get in now is that just because it's more of the same or is it and this is the really frustrating thing if you're Labour if you listen to brendan howland's line on the economy brendan howland has been saying a very simple point you cannot promise loads and loads of public spending and cut taxes and make less pay less tax for for the vast majority of people we did it before we saw where it got us now that's a very simple line and it's it's, it's a challenge of people are saying look you can't have everything what we're promising you is that we're going to put money into public services we're going to get the public services sorted out but you're not getting tax goodies you're not going to get that from us that's an honest straight line in their view and yet it's not resounding with people now if you're labour today This is the kind of position where probably somebody is in a room firing papers at the the wall and saying the electorate the bastards because they're saying what the hell are they thinking we're telling them now after all we've been through after all the lessons here's an honest line we're not going to go crazy on the economy we're going to try and save we're going to get spending but we're not cutting the taxes forget the goodies. And what are the people doing? The people who who have told us all the time that, oh, we don't like politicians and their promises. We don't like you know what? They love it. The public love it. They love getting a goodie bag. They love being told that they're going to get a cut in taxes. And whoever promises it to them will get elected. So you'll always do it. That's what Labour are gonna feel like today. They're gonna to feel this is ridiculous people do not want honesty that's what they're going to end up feeling like um i think they've got to hold their line here they've got to continue because they've gone down it that's it you hold to it they do have enough promises as part of it even if they're not promising tax cuts or giveaways or massive changes to the the economy um in terms of the 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 spending side or in terms of the, the the income side but at the same time Labour have got now to look at this and say right there's a lot of seats where we might have hoped to pick up truth is with Sinn Féin being stronger we're in a little bit of bother again um, and we're going to struggle a little bit so for me Labour have a choice here of kind of going back and again challenging people and saying look we're telling you this we're warning you we've learned lessons of government we know we've been in there this isn't going to work, and these the you're you're heading for disillusionment. That's all you're heading for, and they've got to challenge that. But at the same time, Labour have just got to focus on saying right, where are the seats we've got? What speaks to the voters in a couple of constituencies we're really hoping to win, and let's get out and speak to them, because nationally this is just this is just turning into a bit of a a nightmare where we can't get into the debate, and most dangerously for Labour we've missed our opportunity of challenging Fianna fall and Fianna Grail on what was on their manifestos that we would take out or change because now we're not really going to be mentioned in terms of government for this final week we're not really going to be the, the, the party people are thinking about in in terms of government formation so now it's about talking about the policies of whatever government get in um. And it's about us talking about what Labour can do or will do in the future. I think it's a disappointing result for Brendan Howland. I think he would have hoped after debates where he performed, you know, reasonably well, I think. Using that line, he might have hoped it would resonate with people. Um, And it didn't and it hasn't. And they're stagnant in the polls as a result. But they can still get those couple of seats, I think, that they're looking for. That will just put them back into a, a a a position from which they can build. And I think now Labour have got to look at focusing and getting them and saying, Well, once the election's over, we may not be in government. But that's not the worst thing either. We can build, we can do something out of that. And that is a challenge, a challenge for members to adapt adapt to and, 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 and you know try push out on doorsteps in this week. But equally, it's a real challenge when you're a party that has tried to push a line to admit maybe the line isn't what people want and maybe we are back to talking about what will we give away because people seem to like it but avoiding that frustration will be hard and keeping themselves focused on just a couple of constituencies is the key I don't know can Labour look to the future now and say you know look alan kelly is, is certainly going to be looking at this saying look i've got to be leader of this party and we've got to do radical. on the other hand in the urban areas of dublin they're going to look at someone like Adon riordan and say this has got to be the future of the party here so he needs to get that seat to get in to have a hope of leadership and i think that probably is where the minds are racing to already as opposed to focusing on this election right now with a few days to go tough place to be but when you fail to get any real surge in the polls for what did probably seem to them to be a very reasonable line to the public that's going to be really really frustrating so look there is on all of the other parties unfortunately dipping in really much to the margin of error where you can't predict what's actually going to come out of those but one thing i will say (laughs) in an election where the two main parties have have struggled to catch the imagination um of of the public and Sinn Féin certainly have seemed to have have surged ahead one would look at that and say well look if there is to be some kind of maybe the Greens can hope for a bit maybe Labour will on a seat by seat basis get a bit Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil would expect if there's to be any eating away of that Sinn Féin uh, vote in the next week that they are going to be the two that's going to try and demand it that uh, in itself tells you a bit of a problem for all the other parties i mean people before profit for instance have undoubtedly pushed the same line as Sinn Féin um, that you know it's time for a different government it's time to get rid of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael yet they just do not get the kind of traction um that Sinn Féin can get um and largely again i think part of that is Sinn Féin's willingness this time to say yep Government, governments, on governments happening, and and where we want to be part of it, I think that's moved them from protest to actually being where the action is, and the public want people with action, and people before profit are always going to struggle, and 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 some of the the people I've spoken to in it, I you know I have great time for because they really do drive and they have a real passion for it but at the end of the day they're looking at a couple of constituencies and they're looking at things where people are still struggling to say but is that possible how are you going to actually do that and it just is too far beyond what we're ready for now if you could give us maybe a step by step approach to your idyllic left society but right now we're kind of just scared that if you did get in you would just get in and, and and you know start putting people in prison and, and and you know it could be me it could be anybody you know and we don't know and we just don't get a sense that this would be the way we want society to go plus the fact that really the problem is if I vote for you what are you going to do you're going to go to the door again and you're going to stand up and you're going to give a good speech and a speech I even agree with but you're not going to change anything and for them too I think that the fact that they haven't been and some of the other parties have just failed to really be able to demonstrate we're going into government and we're going to change things um and i think this has been an election about government so whatever we talk about change it is the election about government that's what it's about who is talking about going in and what are they going to do when they're in there who will shake up the system uh, and i think that in itself has been an interesting approach so for all those other smaller parties a real challenge uh, to just in this last week get in at all in the media debate but what they certainly will be doing is getting out on the doorsteps and whether you are from into or you're from uh, people before profit or you're an independent candidate out there the whole cycle of of elections for those parties is to be out on doorsteps is identifying local candidates and what they really need to do now with the the condensing of this debate in the last week is to identify where the seats were likely to win and let's heap whatever canvassers we've got into those and give them the final push of the election. Now I want to touch briefly on the idea of government formation uh, and what happens because out of this poll is really interesting and that's what we've got to think of in this last week. What are the options? We touched on it last week a little bit but the options are, are, are condensing down now I think it's really interesting given the poll. Number one who's going to be in government if we had anything like the figures you've got to look at it and say well look option one here really is now Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin and and that has been argued out and Mihol martin has set his face against us i think he'd set his face against it so much it's really difficult to see how he personally comes back from that and doesn't look at the numbers and then say look with respect um i'm utterly opposed to to sinn fein being in, but that's what the people have decided so be it um I might step aside and and let somebody else lead Fianna Fáil if Fianna Fáil want to have negotiations I won't go into negotiations with Sinn Féin and that might seem to be the only honourable way because the other option is that he completely rounds and then starts saying well their policies have changed but he didn't stand against them on policies he standed against them on principle of he didn't like the IRA and would need and sure you could argue that maybe he'll go in there and say can you give me and walk out of a meeting saying I've got cast iron guarantees that Sinn Fein have no IRA involvement and that there will be no influence and maybe all that. Maybe he'll come out with something like that. Uh, I'm not sure Sinn Fein want to do it. And one of the difficulties is I think Michael Martin did actually get a little bit under Mary Lou MacDonald's skin. Um, I think he really did irritate her in a way that she was ready for, she could handle, and, and I think she's, she's more than capable of dealing with it. But I think it irritated her, irritated her to the point that I think she would be looking at it going, i'm not sure i want to sit down with you i'm not sure i want to sit down and do a deal with you um now look people i'm sure out there are going to remind me that yes an, er- an election i mentioned earlier 1992 when Fianna Fáil went absolutely headlong after labor and labor were headlong after Fianna Fáil remember and they knocked seven shades out of each other for the entire election and then ended up in government the only thing is it just seems this time to have got a little bit more personal and a little bit more just that one step beyond where you could pull it back and go well hold on their policies seem reasonable and the things have changed and we've now given i'm i'm not quite as convinced that you know albert reynolds when he was there was always known as a deal maker and while you i'm never going to say he wasn't a man of principle because he certainly was but he was a man who didn't get hung up on ideology or baggage and made a name for himself on that kind of thing he rarely got caught up in ideological language on the other hand Mihol martin has made this very ideological and and that's the bit i see him struggling to come back from but that is and has to be down now as a real option for government because people are saying one thing in this election and that is we're ready for Sinn Féin to be in government that that if they're different we're glad they're different and and maybe it'll be different but we don't fear them being in government and 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 telling us that you know old IRA stuff that's hogwash now what people might fear is on some of the policy issues if you actually drill down maybe some people will get scared of some things in there but you know what i think they're i think they're factoring that into a little bit of once they'd be in they'll have to be a scaling back of some things that's normal and, and i think the electorate know that that's going to be interesting so that is your 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 option other option uh finniguel and sinn fein um who who could certainly according to the debates Leo Vradker left the the door much more open however I think Fine were almost maybe flirting with the idea although they were saying no no never never they was always on the basis of policy now Fine were always leaving I think a little chink open that if they could say well hold on though Sinn Féin have agreed to drop this drop that and drop the other and we'll meet them halfway on this then maybe maybe that changes things because policy can always change parties can drop things and say yeah we we could do a deal and and then it becomes easy to excuse we said no never because that was their policies you know we couldn't ever do it but since they changed the policies well sure they are just a party that seems to be a decent line the difficulty now for Fine Gael, though is Fine Gael weren't expecting that Sinn Féin would actually be potentially on a higher percentage of the vote than them that Sinn Féin would be, be be level or very close to the size of Fine Gael, level with them god forbid even bigger than them now that is not going to happen that's not going to happen for Fine Gael right now that's not going to happen that we're going in as a junior partner no that changes things so therefore you then have Fine Gael push back and they're going to say we're not as easy about this anymore that's difficult the other coalition options of Fianna Fáil uh, if they get the, the, the bigger vote pulling everybody in or Fine Gael happen to get the bigger vote although that looks less and less likely they could form a multi-party coalition. It's just beginning to look so difficult to see how that's going to work because Fianna Fáil or Fine are aren't getting enough numbers for their base to grow and certainly greens and labour as the two main parties that you would be relying on are coming nowhere close to doing their share of getting in and getting that vote therefore the numbers just aren't going to be there this isn't going to stack up and if that doesn't stack up then you've got a serious problem because fianna fall are looking around going there's no option now but Sinn Féin, and so are with the only other game in town of course being and you're going to see this so much this week grand coalition now last week i gave you all of the reasons why the grand coalition is not necessarily a good government why it will not lead to a realignment of irish politics in any way shape or form and would indeed be a death knell for one or other of fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. and and you will just still have the same system just somebody else fills a bit of vacuum in that center that the other leaves and you still end up with two big parties broadly in the center but grand coalition comes in now here's the thing about grand coalition grand coalition is the death rattle of fianna Fáil and Fine grail as as two parties it is a death rattle that's what it is they know that so why would they ever agree to doing it they know one of them doesn't come out of that well um it's also the last gasp because what you would do then if they go in with the grand coalition here's the problem they've got they then allow Sinn Féin to become the actual main party of opposition and Sinn Féin from there will be able to say look we're nearly as big as the biggest party here aren't become the biggest party and then we'll go in with whoever is a junior coalition party we're now the big party we're now the new Fianna Fáil if you like and that changes it. Because that means if Fianna Fáil continue to exist, they become Fianna Fáil versus Sinn Féin, and Finnegray will begin to drift away as that odd party. Do you go in as a junior party with Fianna Fáil, or do you go in with a junior party with, Fianna, with Sinn Féin? But you're now being from reducing yourself to third place. Finnegray aren't going to want that. Equally, Fianna Fáil aren't going to want that. If they were the ones to drop back. So one of these parties begins, so then you end up going, Well, then do you merge? Which people seem to want them to do. Fine, maybe they will. They're going to lose some of their base and both of them know that, that one party begins to disappear. There's either going to be the party will swing To the left if the more left of center people take over in the parties and they lose a right-wing group who will form some kind of new right-wing party or look to a more right-wing party or more likely the right-wing side of things will start into the ascendancy to combat Sinn Féin in which case a large left-wing left of center left-leaning shall we call it ideology within Fianna Fáil in particular would drift and say do you know what yeah we're about becoming part of Sinn Féin Uh, and they will pull Sinn Féin into the centre so you will still end up with two broadly centrist parties that people are going to say in a hundred years time two cheeks of the same backside that's what they're going to say um because that's just what happens folks now what you can say with, with with this idea of Grand Coalition, though, is it's now going to be, and that's going to terrify Fianna Fáil and Finegrail because they know this. They know that one of the reasons you couldn't have a Grand Coalition is that you've local elections coming up, local elections that were fairly good for Fianna Fáil, that they, they had some good seats, and the Finegrail still have quite a powerful machine at local level. That's your future, that's your, your assembly line of candidates and support base. You will be savaged at the local elections if both the parties there are councils around this country that are nearly entirely populated by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael people. If they are all the one party, they can't win all the same seats. And if they're in coalition they might as well be all the one party. It was tough enough for them having a, a confidence and supply. Now there goes this idea that we're all the one party, oh that's tough because you're going to lose seats every councillor in the country Fianna Fáil and Fine know if you guys do that to get yourselves go into a grand coalition to get yourselves a one term of jobs out of us and that's what it would be you're sacrificing all of us and they're going to say go to hell go to hell with your plan when you bring it back here because that is going to sacrifice all of our seats and that is why why this it becomes complex to think of grand coalitions because parties have to think long term about survival it isn't just about getting into government and having a job for a few years and getting a pension and getting out deep down parties do believe in the party um now unfortunately though for them if neither of them are going to go in with Sinn Féin that looks to be the only other option in town nobody wants the confidence and supply thing again it would be a bit wishy-washy and weak again so so what the only other option is a form of confidence and supply where fiona fall get enough seats to take in labor and the greens and social democrats and a few independents and get as many numbers as they can get agreement from finna not a long-term confidence and supply but saying look it's one budget we've got the brexit trade negotiations we just need to sort out we need to get right we need to figure out and we're going to have a one budget agreement here it's not confidence and supply it's 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 a deal for a budget we don't have a proper government but we'll we'll, we'll do a deal and we'll we'll just keep things going and you'll have this shaky paralysis for about a year get through a budget maybe get through Christmas come back into next year and both parties agree we go again and in that time perhaps people will have changed and the mood will have swung away from Sinn Féin maybe it will be back on the environment maybe it will be back green but we could get a shaky agreement for a year that gets us all out of a hell of a lot of murky decisions that we have to make and let's just see where the dice falls after another round but that's what you could be looking at because other than that somebody has to swallow a really bitter pill in this election so look um one of the things i know people ask me for was constituencies and constituency predictions i don't have time to get into so many constituencies so i might try do something um that would be interesting in in the coming weeks uh, that would be be perhaps a little bit more in-depth in, in over the course of this week maybe uh, if i can um other than that some things perhaps to watch for uh some some constituencies i think give give certain i'm going to take pick out say the likes of dublin bay north um because dublin bay north really it's been a, an interesting one because some of the big hitters uh, that were in there like finney mcgrath uh, tommy braun who who had big impact on elections previously gone in this election but i also want to highlight it because you're going to have richard bruton obviously you're going to have sean hahey obviously they're going to go in and after that you've you know the order of the seats but there are certain people that are going to take seats given the polls Denise Mitchell is going to take a seat because Sinn Féin on the crest of a wave if that holds up she's going to take a seat that's going to be interesting because people might have thought maybe maybe just maybe she's she's in trouble that spells perhaps a little bit of difficulty for the Greens who are really going to have to push hard now for a last seat against various other people whether it's 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 uh other protest candidates or or independents in there I expect in Dublin Bay North Aidan O'Reardan to be able to take that seat for labor. Um and that's an important one. I think that's one to really watch for in the labor party is Aidan O'Reardan taking that seat. He's putting in a very big campaign there. Now I'm going to be accused of family bias here but because he, he is family but I do think he's he, he, there's a lot of he has profile and that always goes well with candidates. If he doesn't take that seat I think that's really really Big news for Labour I think that really halts Labour in their tracks if he fails on that seat therefore I think there's a massive effort got to go in there um, and and I think he is now one of the interesting things I've, I've seen about it I know some people have been out there and I just got to call out some things because you know I love the canvas and I love how people canvas and I know certain people I get friendly with on Twitter and they're, they're sending me the pictures of the canvas and, and those stories and it's worth just saying just how fascinating canvassing is when you're out there. Because you know what? It's so enjoyable actually meeting people and being under it's tough, it's hard, it's cold, it's wearying, all of that. But afterwards you have this real sense of God, you really got to know people, you got to know the areas you're from, the areas you're living in, places and people you don't get to talk to, and it's fascinating on the doorsteps. And one person I know, Emmy Marr, who has been out with a Reardon in there, has you know. I just love looking at the, the tweets and the, the pictures from the campaign trail the stories of the people that that she's meeting and talking because that to me is the spirit of elections i don't know what party you're in or what you're doing it's about what are you actually doing one of the great things about social media social media doesn't replace things like canvassing or traditional way of doing business but it does help you just tell the story of your canvassing it's a great place for those videos from the trail for those pictures for that charting of the story and the people you're meeting and what it is and some people really, really manage to grasp that. And it's something I've enjoyed watching from so many people. And, and it just strikes me as, a, as I'm talking, because I know Emmy was only sending it to me yesterday on, on Twitter about some of the, the people she had met. And I think it's fascinating to see people so engaged in that canvas and out there. And I think politicians, whoever you are, you depend on these canvassers so much and they are so vital to you. So one thing I'm going to say to all candidates is, you know make sure they're looked after, make sure you're, you're 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 part and parcel of thanking them because those grassroots support who go out and volunteer and give up their time in evenings, they're gold dust to you. You absolutely need them if you're going to take a seat and you're going to get over the line, you owe it all to them. Um, just in terms of the other constituencies as well, then that, that I want to touch on, loud I'm going to call out as a particular constituency, given the polls that we've got. I think Sinn Féin have got to look for that 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 second seat there has got to be because this is a challenge for them with Gerry Adams stepping down bellwether one here Sinn Féin taking the two seats in Loud has to happen for them has to be there otherwise this isn't going to be the good election they thought it was that's a one to watch Sinn Féin have to be in there um Coming closer to, to home, I am of course, as you all know, coming to you uh from Longford and uh doing the podcast here from Longford. Longford with me is of course going to be a, a bellwether constituency too. Now, interesting one here and what some of the things to look out for. This election has been about whether the extra seat, if you like, has Willie Penrose has step down, Labour are not going to hold here. Um, I think that's generally accepted, and therefore it's been right that puts the Longford side of the count, which hasn't had a seat. If that Longford vote votes Longford, that's going to result result in a TD for Longford. But would it be Finaghy or Fanafol? And again, bellwether. How are the constituencies going for either of the two big parties, as as they were? Would it be Fanafol or Finaghy? Now the polls make this a little bit interesting because now i think in longford west media you gotta consider sinn fein and we gotta consider how does a poll if they poll 24 percent, or if they go up further in the last week how does that now i don't think traditionally there's much base in longford for sinn fein but if there is will that be enough Would would that Sinn Féin vote be willing for Sinn Féin's sake to go across the border to Westmead I don't think so I think the, the the passion in Longford to have a TD is going to keep that vote there so therefore Sinn Féin need to do incredibly well in Westmead can they eat into Robert Troy's vote could they stop Robert Troy could they they eat the old Labour vote and uh, in, in the north I think that's a big ask because they're, they're, they're going to have a stronger base down to At-Lome. but can they if they do that could that affect Fianna Falls' chances of a second seat could it end up with Robert Troy not getting the surplus or something that would be problematic now for Fall, um, and, and be a bit of a fly in the ointment on the other hand could Sinn Féin actually get could they call a real surprise here and Boxer Moran who I would say was nailed on for a seat could he be under a bit of pressure now if there's a swing to Sinn Féin if people suddenly go well you know if we want something different box is not going to be a minister he's done great work but you know what Sinn Féin we'd like to see them we're swinging to them could that impact us could we see that's going to be because if that happened Again, I think nationally you'd be saying this is an incredible day for Sinn Féin if they were pulling, pulling a seat out of there and, and certainly unseating an independent, say, like Boxer, Boxer Morn. However, I do expect Longford Westmeath to end up with having Robert Troy and Peter Burke elected. I think Sinn Féin will have a good day. I think it might be just too much. Boxer's constituency work might be too strong. I expect him to take a seat. And then I expect that Joe Flaherty, simply because Fianna Fáil have got a two-candidate strategy, and Joe Flaherty's from the south of Longford, which puts him closer to Westmead for those transfers. I think he's got the edge to take that seat, but because of those permutations, they're the things you got to look out for in Longford Westmead for how the nationally things could be changing. Because if they affect it there, they're going to affect it everywhere. I think when you look up at the likes of Sligo, Sligo Leitrim not so long ago we were talking about Sinn Féin been under pressure they had a really bad local elections and I was talk that Sinn Féin could lose a seat I think on these poll figures you got to say Sinn Féin are not going to lose a seat and therefore I think Marion Harkin is going to be a real figure in this election I think Marianne Harkin could take that seat in Sligo Leitrim meaning Fianna Fáil are going to be under incredible pressure to hold two seats that's going to need really strong transfers across it I think they're, they're, they're Eamon Scanlon Based on the last action is under real pressure there, uh, on that second seat. I think it's gonna be a really, really tight one. And in all these constituencies, Fenegrail are struggling. And I think that's where it's really going to show. You go down to Roscommon, and I think Fenegrail might have hoped when they have Maura Hopkins that they could refine their mojo in Roscommon. Um get back in, maybe eat into Dennis Nocton's vote, which is old Finegrail and some Fienna but you know, he, he was former Finograil, so they might eat into that. Mara Hopkins, of course, stepped down for family reasons, uh, and she had a baby before Christmas as a candle that she'd stepped down. That's left Finagrail now stuck there, and I think you're looking again at um having one uh Fáil, or or one won two independents in in uh, michael Fitzmaurice, who from the farming issue i think is just going to mop up votes again uh, and dennis nocton i think should be safe again the real question here is of course if fianna fáil added a second candidate or Leyden, doing the old traditional fianna fáil thing of you know just when you thought things were good you know we'll add in a bit of spice to the mix you're gonna have orla Leyden and eugene murphy fighting it out who knows which of them will actually get over the line but it's actually fighting against their own running mate that's the problem there maybe eugene murphy just has the edge being the sitting td the incumbency factor might just help him but again a really tight one to look at i hope during the week i'm going to look at some other constituencies from around the country because there's so many of them i know that you asked me to look at um and i just can't get to all of them otherwise podcasts will be 10 hours long and i know it's long enough as it is for 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 many people but they are some of just constituencies to watch just in terms of trends whether independence Sinn Féin Labour who's getting a little bit of luck on the day and and they need that luck and they need it to to spin their way come the election the other thing that i know some people asked about was about women in this election you know what it's an interesting thing um and i do think it's a topic worth touching on um most of the parties have just about scraped the quota of of 30 percent for female candidates um and for the first time ever we're going to have uh female candidates in every single constituency so that is uh, a positive and i think we're making progress one of the things i'm going to say that i think is real progress here this isn't revolutionary for for women candidates not going to be the election that's because it's kind of been pushed off the agenda and we're not talking about it but in a way that's good when you go back to 2016 you go back to the talk of gender quotas weren't the parties going apoplectic we were we were watching tv programs where people were having meltdowns about not being candidates and giving out about these women coming in and and being forced to come up with quotas i said at the time the problem was not the quota the problem was that the parties weren't prepared for the quota even though they knew it was coming and then we're just picking women at random and saying we need a woman there there and that woman was then forced upon the party who didn't really know her, didn't know anything about her. And it was unfair to both the candidate and the party to do it. There was never any hope of them getting elected, but it just filled a the quota. There has been, uh, although the, the parties are just about making the quota, I do think there's been a little bit of growth in terms of how the parties have approached it. We are have seen a little bit less here and there. It's still raising its head, but we're seeing less discussion and debate about it we're seeing people actually reach this quota level without everybody losing their minds and talking about how unfair and sexist and de blah it is they're just getting on with it you will have And, and naturally you can promote enough women within a party through the system i do intend doing a podcast on this Uh, in the coming weeks this issue alone and why why we have this issue within politics and why it matters um in the coming weeks so I'm, i'm gonna leave it at that for now but i do think it's possibly a positive sign that it's not become the major issue of the election provided we actually see more women return to the dole naturally by that ongoing growth of votes and choice that's being presented to them um, but as i say it's something I'm, i intend to return to in in the coming weeks okay a couple of articles i just want to mention that I, I i think are interesting Um, not too much um this week uh i'm gonna say uh again time is against us but um when i draw your attention to alison o'connor wrote an interesting piece in the examiner this week on mary lou Macdonald, where she said, uh, "There's reason to admire Mary Lou and mistrust Sinn Fein, and, and it's a really good article. Uh, I think just in terms of taking it through uh, Mary Lou Macdonald's appeal herself, um, as opposed to to maybe the the, the appeal of Sinn Fein." And she says that the Sinn Fein leader has found her mojo, but even she, in private, must be surprised at how well her party appears to be doing in this general election." Uh, unquote. I think that's probably true. I think they are a little bit surprised but I think it's a real credit to her that she's managed to pull a lot of division together for people that maybe didn't happen um before. Now Mary Lou is uh, I, 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 Alison O'Connor says here that Mary Lou has you know she talks about how she's held her own within in this party and how she is somebody to be admired and, and, and there's a lot I think you'd have to agree with in that she then goes on to talk about Sinn Féin and talks about some of the, the dangers in it of Sinn Féin if you like and and how they are afraid of you know some of the, the things that have been raised about bullying within the party some of the accusations of abuse that have happened from from Mariah Cahill and other people who have not really horrendous stories um that have to be listened to and and again there's a there's a fair point in that too um <clears throat> she finishes off the article with something that, and i'm gonna take this point and look at i'll read it to you and, and and then i'll make the point in it she said the Sinn Féin spokespeople are never shy in promoting the party policy yet we are to believe there are never contentious issues nor even the usual bickering that goes on in political parties sometimes personality based and which can make its way into the public arena. It's not a tolerance for the likes of the very outspoken Fianna Fáil TD John McGuinness for instance that's being sought here. He wouldn't survive a wet week in the Sinn Féin ranks but it is a little eerie how nothing leaks out from the Sinn Féin party ranks. Who or what maintains this level of control, this force of will where everyone keeps shtum always? unquote now for a lot of people i think that's going to be the 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 kind of thing is is there is there something different about it is there some other force at work here but let me let me just place as another sidebar to that maybe maybe a different view of 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 that and 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 to level or balance it out because i think it's a fair point it's one chimpanzee are going to have to answer at the same time a lot of parties, when Alison mentions that, a lot of parties would love what champagne have. The ideal in a party is that people hold the party line. You are disciplined. If you could get everyone to be disciplined, you don't actually go around in a party when you're in it going, oh, do you know what's brilliant though? Your man who attacked me uh, the other week and, and felt that he could. I love that. I love that about it. No, you're furious with him. Said, Why the hell, when we were on message, could you not just keep stum and stay on message? right i know you've got an issue with that thing over there but overall let's get the party to success that's all you ever want in a party it's all you, as a as a handler and a manager you do want discipline you do want people to stay on message it's frustrating when people go off it so really what Fein have is what other parties just want now i know there is a question how are they maintaining it what is it that's maintaining it and maybe that's just different i'm also going to say that there is a little bit though in parties that Sometimes you will keep stum because you know if I do put my head over the parapet and say, "I've got a problem here, it's damaging a party that I love or like or want overall, so i while I have a problem with an issue, everyone's going to take it so seriously that we can't. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Go back to Fiona Fall in the nineteen eighties Charles hockey I was in the party um in in that stage. There were a lot of people with issues with Charles High. There were a lot of people that had doubts about his finances. There were always rumours, everyone knows that. And they say, oh, people blinded themselves to it. The truth was, though, if you were to come out and go, I'm in Fianna Fáil, but you know what? I'm I'm not happy with Charlie. I'm not happy with the way, there's something Dodge here. The media, everybody would say, Fianna Fáil attacks Charles High." And, and you'd be like, no 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 you know I don't want this to affect and Fall. I just want to say I'm not comfortable with some stuff I want to raise a, a valid concern about Charlie no it always went to zero to a hundred miles per hour like that it, you couldn't so there was such animosity towards him that you felt well, you know yeah I have issues but I'm just going to keep shut up about him because you know if I actually I, I just have a genuine small issue But if i raise that it's going to be magnified into something major and it's actually going to damage the party and i'm here for the party i'm here to advance the party so you kind of went on with it it's only when parties get particularly comfortable that they don't have a siege mentality and i'm feeling a fall back then and and Sinn Féin now have a siege mentality that you know look at if we put up our hands and say anything negative about our party everyone says that's it they're disaster and this is pulling back the veil and the, the the whole charade that everything's normal you say, no I, I just asked a question the more that media and people and, and other parties keep pushing this line that oh you know let's 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 peel back something here and peel back something there the more l- or less likely Sinn Féin people are to actually want to talk out about issues within the party because you can't remain within it then because now you've gone against the party which was never your intention you just wanted to raise an issue and stay and still task people to vote for the party but if you raise the issue you're actually going to damage the party and maybe cause people not to vote for the party, which you don't want. So sometimes people are keeping strum about things, not because they're even forced to, but because they know. I just like the party. I want the party to advance, and if I am having issues with somebody else here, we've got to keep it in house. Otherwise, people start having a field day about it. Um, the other ones articles that I would like to to maybe just draw attention to was the the article by Hugh O'Connell. Uh, which talks about um, FF and FG may cut another deal if they want to keep SF out for how long more can the two civil war parties put off grand coalition if they do another deal asks you O'Connell now reason I'm pointing this one is it does point to this idea even if there's another deal how long can it be until grand coalition becomes and the media are really going to focus in on grand coalition because people who don't get the cultural differences or don't care about the long-term futures of Fianna Fáil and Fine as parties and want other changes are going to say get together get together forget it forget it you got to realize there's a whole other culture deep down within these parties and it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll get on in government you will end up with them going in and probably splitting as a party anyway within a few years even if they did join um but one of the things that i think it does does come out of this is the possibility as i say that there may be a temporary little arrangement do i dare say that um for perhaps a year or so that just is it's shaky we're gonna it's not a good way to be for government it's not a good way to be at a sensitive time in in government but i think they'll feel we can get over line, but we, we need to be back in 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 the election sphere um and the other article of course that did catch my eye this week was david mcwilliams who had an article that was headed bonanza virus has struck ireland this election and there is no antidote this virus is highly contagious spreading rapidly from politician to politician i like the way always david presents things i think he's a great turn of phrase in him how he, he presents arguments but at the heart of this is is that issue i think we do need to ask ourselves we're all given out about everyone i hear talks about how everybody's promising everything yes you know what will still comes out every election the party that promises the most tends to win we like a good promise and we'll blame others for breaking promises even if that promise breaking means that they didn't go wild and maybe saved the economy something it'll still be you know, you broke your promise and i thought i was getting more money and it's a sad thing but you know what that's what we do still want we want the promises of the idyllic society where everything's going to come to us at no cost and parties know that and and increasingly i think they are frustrated with the idea and, and accepting so i don't think bonanza virus is going to go away i think it's going to get worse over time um, now just to turn to a, cumber, a couple of the Uh, tweets on that that were sent in to me uh, during the week and i've covered off some of the issues that were asked uh within that by by some people um but i would like to touch on just a couple of others um joan cook asked me to talk about the strong possibility of another election in six months time huge possibility of that unless you get a two-party coalition um, I think there's a massive uh, possibility and even if you had a Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, a grand coalition I think there's a possibility of it collapsing um, but I I don't think they'll want it in six months time I think they'll want to say to the electorate because if you end up going back to the electorate the mood may still be there so no no we've told you work with Sinn Féin work with Sinn Féin if you could come to an arrangement that might last a year get over one budget then you might be able to say to people look really this we're we tried with the Sinn Féin thing but you you can't for whatever reasons and maybe bring it back to policies and maybe get back to some wider debate over a period of time when all the parties can debate maybe maybe environment and maybe the economy all these things might change in it i think that might be worth their gamble before they jump to grand coalitions or anything else so maybe not six months but maybe within a year or about the year's time i think something could do but i don't think this is a good position for the country to be in um i don't think it's good to have these shaky arrangements um but that's where we are um Angela Houlihan asked me are the electorate really up for radical change or an end to civil war politics Uh, a couple of things a little two sides to that first of all are they up for radical change um no I'm, I'm going to say no they're not and it might seem they're up for radical change but i don't believe they are i don't believe that people actually want a revolution um in in ireland i what they are up for is is a change in attitude and perceptions and they they want a few goodies and, and look at they're looking towards a party like Sinn Féin they're saying Do you know what yes change they're up for some kind of change i don't think it's radical but i think they've got a sense that Sinn Féin might not be absolutely radical but just radical enough just a little bit radical radical on the stuff that doesn't affect me radical on the stuff that affects other people but leave me fairly much alone or better off like that but I think they do definitely see Sinn Féin as change they do see them as different to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Fáil and maybe something that will annoy Fianna Fáil and Fianna Fáil and force them to get up off their asses and do something different and that I think is there. I think they've they've got to be bored with Finegrail's branding and Fianna Fáil's sober and somber. There's not much to choose there. So they go, well, these guys might at least rattle their cages a bit. Um, <clears throat> do I think they want radical change? If I think the polls were today showing, yes, Sinn Féin are going to lead a completely left reliance uh, government uh, of, of multicolored left or extreme left parties. No, I think people would probably get ultimately hugely scared all of a sudden and think oh oh, oh, we didn't want that no more so than if Finegrail suddenly came out on top and said well we've got all these right-wing parties um, minor parties that we're going to pull in together if they existed and could do it i don't think people would be happy with that either i think they will feel there's a centrist part in it are they ready for an end to civil war politics (laughs) yes is the answer to that um angela (laughs) but I mean, people in Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael aren't ready for an end that. They they dislike each other and they're culturally different as parties. It's not the civil war that divides those two parties. Nobody in it remembers the civil war. You know, that's not what they're fighting anymore. They're fighting a culture that's different between two parties. That's what they're there. Their personalities are different. That's what divides them. and and that's normal in politics plus the fact that this talk it's, it's an easy trope as I say time and time again to throughout it, it'll be an end civil war politics there ergo our political system realigns and changes no we get the same system we have and everybody has in democracy you'll get two parties even if Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael were gone in the morning you will still end up with two differently named broadly centrist parties battling it out over the main body of votes they just won't be civil war parties anymore but they'll be the same thing again because that's just how politics works you know people aren't actually they're they're broadly a little bit this to the left a little bit to the right that's where the majority of people are the further extremes you go the less likely it is nobody at all if there was only an extreme left and an extreme right option and that's all you had they want some middle ground and and therefore yes they want an end civil war politics because that's what they've been told is this thing and this problem and this existence but really that's just an imaginary thing that's there that's just part of a political system in any democracy that means you will end up because most votes are centrist you're going to end up with parties fighting over that centrist ground Uh, Keith uh, was on to me on Twitter as well. He said leaders' debates have been poor enough so far, not seeing much hunger for Taoiseach on them. There was a little bit more hunger I think in that uh, Virgin Media debate although it was just a bit crazy and and can I say as well can we please stop with leading out debates denigrating politics and attacking politicians and calling them con men and chancers and all this. I don't know how many times the word con was even used about the the candidates themselves to each other. You know this doesn't help us. Remember at the end of the day whether you agree with somebody or not somebody elected that person And they deserve respect for the fact that they've got a mandate and people and you spouting that they're con men chancers and you wouldn't waste your time with them it's you saying i'm somehow more intelligent and better than all those blind fool idiots who clearly vote for you now if you've got that kind of arrogance and attitude you really need to check yourself no matter who's elected no matter what party they're from be it from people for profit Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael they've been elected by people who believe in them and you show some respect for that at the outset so you can denigrate their policies you can question them you can try catch them out on elements of the policies that will work or not work fine but this blanket kind of dismissal of of politicians and people you know what you really are just saying more about yourself when you go in that line than you're saying about them because you're saying that you believe yourself to be so far above the intelligence of anybody else that you know and can see this what nobody else can i just think that's a a pointless start to it but yes keith the, the debates haven't really i suppose one of the problems is that none of them are really sure if they have a shot of leadership here or if there is going to be a shot at being Taoiseach and it's not the prize perhaps that was once on offer um, and that's been a problem. <clears throat> I had Jim Shear mentioned to me to look at uh, one future hashtag one future <clears throat> I did look at this hashtag really interesting climate activists here are trying to get the idea of a pledge uh, where they're getting politicians to sign up to the one future pledge and I think that does show a real sense of activism on the ground it does show people with that environmental um edge to it and asking candidates pledge to this getting from across parties to make this pledge it's interesting to look at who's reacting to it and who's part of it because it is the big challenge the next government's going to face when all the election has settled back when we finish talking about tax and health and everything the first major problem they're going to have to address and continue to address Is what they're doing about the environmental aspects of everything they've got to do for targets emissions the transformation of society that's going to be the biggest day-to-day problem yet it's not the issue in the election strangely enough now the challenge for anybody the challenge for the people around that the, the the one future hashtag and getting people to pledge that is how do you get that how is it that young people so enthused about this area have have drifted into other parties and partially i think Maybe a little bit of that is that a lot of it is just become a protest against Fianna Gael and Fianna Fail rather than an actual individual thing. If we don't mind if it's Fianna Gael, don't mind if it's Fianna Fail, don't mind if it's Sinn Fein, it's just about pledging on the environment. And and somehow within that, it's become Fianna Fail and Fianna Gael. They're the ones you won't trust on the environment uh, because you know if you're a young voter, let's move but you've still got to look at who you're going to i think if you're in that environmental space that's the challenge for them are they really sure they're going to bring real environmental change in policies um mary buckley also uh tweeted into me and she said is there an impending scenario where Fianna Fáil and finna Gael find enough common ground through their hatred of sinn fein ireland to compel them to do the unthinkable and coalesce um and look at i've covered this now and i think it, yeah there is but i I would just think if they're smart they've got to put it off for just one more shot at least because the 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 unthinkable is the end for one or other of them and it doesn't realign or change politics that's what i'm saying here and they know that and they know it's the end for their councillors they know it's a big knock-on effect here and they actually do not get on they do not like each other these are culturally different groups and you can be different on personality and that can be far more difficult to overcome than differences in policy. So I'm not sure about that. Uh, Claire McGing uh, asked me uh, the next Taunashta. Now, really, really, that's a cheeky one, Claire, because who would it be? Right now, you'd have to say well, Mary Lou MacDonald has to be in prime place to be the next Taunashta. Has to be. But it's cheeky because could we be looking at Taunashta Michal Martin or Taunashta Leo Vradkar? and could it be Taoiseach Mary Lou Macdonald well I don't know will it be Sinn Féin just won't be able to do maybe perhaps the numbers unless it went really bad for for Finn and say I'm feeling Falls numbers It look kind of holding up enough then they've enough candidates in the field to remain bigger than Sinn Féin but yeah uh, it's 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 there or thereabouts so it's, it's it's cheeky because we you know who is it well we were talking about Tániste uh you know you could have talked from from brendan howland tarnished that uh Eamon ryan must have looked at being tarnished now they've got to be looking at it going, the the options are narrowing here the electorate are really forcing us into a route we don't want to be and why is that um so it is fascinating where where the tarnished seat is possibly going to end up um <clears throat> so uh, and and i'm going to say another uh jerry crosby was on to me saying that the destination of the fifth seats in in Cavan, monaghan loud lee shuffley kerry wexford and fourth seat in dublin central i am going to come back to them jerry um and and i'll be blunt with you. on some of them i just haven't got time to go through the absolute numbers on them but i i do intend doing it this week and, and having a little look so we may come back with uh something a quick podcast on some predictions um also it's it's there's a piece i put up um and i think this is just interesting because of of again some of the reactions that that got was a tweet from leo varadkar yesterday um now look i don't actually think leo varadkar tweeted this personally himself it comes out from the office but just just in the context of polls and elections and the tweet was this weekend i've written pieces for die Welt, germany el pas spain uh, La Repubblica, Italy, Rizis, Pospolita, Poland, probably pronouncing these all wrong, apologies if I am, Tchid and Lesoir, Belgium, thanking our European friends for their support and solidarity throughout Brexit. Here's a sample and pictures of the articles. I think that's perfectly normal for the shop to do. I think that's perfectly normal to write those articles and thank them and build that European support and keep things going. Again, who actually thought though that we should tweet it? that we should do that, that you know what people love a bit you know what they love a little bit of Brexit now on this day where we've rumours of a poll coming out that's showing us way down B- bit of Brexit and what we're doing out there would be we've already know get it into your head that doesn't work And well people are obviously getting really annoyed and rattled with Fine Gael about housing and health and everything and and maybe their minds are being focused on it by the fact that the polls are, are where they're at and there's a poll about to come out and been rumored all day you start talking about the pieces you've written for 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 european newspapers how many votes are there reading those newspapers if you're the leader of your party you lead your party and your party comes first you that's the job i know people don't like hearing it but that's the job you sign up for it you sign up for your party and you look out for your party your job on the weekend is getting out and ensuring you spend those hours on the campaign trail knocking on the doors putting on your wellies climbing the gates getting into the hospitals getting into the schools getting in everywhere shaking hands meeting people shopping centers towns you are plowing through those votes backing your candidates asking them no that's right. write even a few european newspapers no one's going to read them that has a vote but what the hell um and i say this because the reaction to it that i got when I, I i mentioned this was so many people coming back saying look he's already thinking of the european job uh and i just wonder is that is that the case is is it looking do we have we got to a stage where we look at this and go yeah well you know what whole t-shirt thing might not work out but i've done a great job in europe so so maybe the big european job will be will be there that'd be a nice one uh it, to me it's it's in the midst of an election that's not what you want to do uh it's it's not a big point but it does point to that ongoing problem of just not thinking just not thinking are we down and dirty with the people and their issues or are we still thinking god isn't it great you know that i got published right across europe and thanked them for their support and brexit great that they all were uh, you know where does the branding go with that gary egan uh, gaza head now gaza you're a little bit mad sometimes i will say that um but you're you're a good guy for engaging with me and uh, we've had some great debates but gary certainly is no fan of the establishment but he said to me johnny you remember the way ff skewered albert reynolds when it suited them who do you reckon will do the brutest job on michael Mihal martin if he's in the way of cabinet posts uh via Sinn fein here's the thing if if fianna fall do get to a point where the only real option and if that that shaky arrangement as i say isn't even possible um to, to delay things for a year if fianna fall are forced, and it becomes down to look there's grand coalition maybe but Fianna Fáil, i mean one other point sorry here on the grand coalition just to touch on between fianna fall and finna like go back 2002 fianna fall were more open to the grand coalition and and Fáil joining Fianna Fáil they wouldn't have had a big issue with that because Fianna Fáil is a bigger party they were going to survive Finegrail in the last while have been more open to Grand Coalition but that's always been on the basis we're going to be the bigger party it changes when you're the one that's going to be second in command because now it's you're the one that's less likely to survive it and Finegrail are not going to be as open to the Grand Coalition if they come in at you know having lost a load of seats and well smaller than Fianna Fáil that's going to disappear a little bit so there's going to be a reticence to that so watch watch that dynamic shift and flick that maybe fianna fall will become more open to it as the larger party the smaller party is the one that's going to decide well hold on we're not comfortable with it anymore and finna Gael may not want it equally um if that ends up uh, um gary where we have Fianna Fáil force and this is the only option the media and everything is going to start saying well maybe maybe we need to think about this maybe Fianna Fáil need to get off their high horse and get in there are people in Fianna i I've said it time and time again I will say it straight out there are people in Fianna Fáil who are not ill at ease with Sinn Féin who who feel of a republican nature that there's still a bit of pan-nationalist front about all this and they can work with Sinn Féin not on everything they're annoyed with them they don't like certain aspects of them but they can work with them i think there could be pressure within fianna Fáil. i don't know uh, individually who would be the one because it depends who's got the numbers to actually become a leader but i think there might be pressure on michael to say Do you know what you just need to to step aside if you cannot find a way to go back on it um and that could be the problem and it's not so much about cabinet seats as uh, what's the option second election straight away you know an unpalatable grand coalition, or or you know, just what is the option? That could be uh the, the issue for them. So I do think there's going to be quite a bit of pressure within the party if that's where it ends up. Um Gary also asked me in a follow-up that he said, would he be right in saying that Neil Martin could be the only FF leader not to be t-shirt? Yes, that's if he does not make it in, then I think he will be the only ff leader not to be t-shirt. I don't think that's gonna be a huge thing for him. I think he will feel Particularly proud that he took over Fianna Fáil on life support. And no matter what you say about Michael Martin, despite and purely because, because the party took some ridiculous decisions, um, where it was pulled this way and that by a conservative rump left of the party that would have been ignored in other years uh and told to get into line, that had undue influence on us and and almost risked the very survival of the party in modern Ireland, have Michael Martin not been at the helm, in my view. I think he has and will always take credit for the fact that that party was dying um you know the heart monitor was beeping and it was bleeding out on the table in 2011 it isn't anymore it has a potential of government it has a potential of leading government and getting back to some kind of strong life it's up it's walking around it's starting to run again even if he's not Taoiseach he's going to take a lot of comfort from that but yes it will be marked down that it will, will will be the 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 issue um so a few other people came back to me about um you know how everybody managed or how leo Vragkar has failed to to connect with people and and the problems for it um and again people talking about that he's going to have difficulty in in trying to um articulate his views in the coming weeks and therefore may decide have already decided that his time is up and he's looking for a better job um pierce corcoran also said to me that uh, he strikes me that he never knows how to articulate his achievements or policies almost reminds me of jeremy corbyn not a comparison i would have made in the past but i get what you mean there pierce yeah um you know there are things he's done and there are things he's, he's got but i think leo just sometimes struggles to to put all that in one sense and know how to do it and I think, to be fair, I, I'm going to say this straight out, I think Fine Gael at the, at this election have, I think they tried to change everything. I tried to bring in a new broom sweeps clean. and brought in a lot of people around the party who are very smart people, who do a very good job in terms of PR and everything else. I'm not quite sure a lot of them really got politics. I think they were just good at the, at the branding and the image and all that kind of stuff that's out there. But I, sometimes you just need to admit that some of this stuff is actually very basic old-fashioned stuff and they don't seem to have got the basic old-fashioned stuff and it seems to be they're bemused as to why that matters and yet it does matter and and that's a real problem for them uh, i think in in this election so there are some of the comments you've sent me um and i i, I appreciate those uh, it's always great to get them in um anybody else anything else talk during the week now next week's podcast of course the count is going to be on sunday so um i'm going to be tied up with media um uh, on on sunday for the count uh, pretty much all day so we'll probably be doing a podcast uh, after the results which will be monday or tuesday we may try get one out this week that's going to look at some constituencies and predictions and, and vote trends as well so look out for that i'll let you know if i can get that in um, and i want to thank you all again for listening and to ask you of course to to share the pod um, to to go out there and maybe tweet us give us a like give us a mention facebook twitter anywhere you can say it to your friends word of mouth we've got a great reaction to the podcast we would like to 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 continue we're growing week on week in figures and and we're somewhere north of a thousand listeners and i would like that to grow further so if we can do that and you can help me to do that it would be great just to show that there is a reason to talk about politics in depth Uh, and as i say that next episode will come just after the election results themselves so that's it for this week uh, it's been another marathon episode and i know we've gone through so much uh, information there and i hope you all managed to find the time to take it all in uh we will be back uh, just after the election with another look at where it all stands and then we'll see where it goes from there or if there's a demand for us to continue with some analysis of elections and uh, political stories But in the final week of the campaign, please take the time to look at who is your candidate in your area. What are they going to do for your area? And think who is the best candidate in terms of government and the government you want. This is an election which is going to shape our country for a long time to come. Even if this government was some kind of shaky put together government that didn't last long that in itself could affect what happens to you and your children for a very long time to come because politics does matter. The decisions people take at government are relevant. They affect you, they affect your lives, they affect your children's lives. And we spend a lot of time complaining about things that were done in the past. We spend a lot of time complaining about errors and decisions that were made in the past because they affect us. So when it's the present it's up to us to step up and make sure our voices are heard and not treat it with disdain but to take time and thought over that vote and what it's going to mean for you and for your kids and for your future generations and for the country and the direction you want it to take because it does matter and it affects all of us and there's a great old saying that I love If you're not at the table then you're on the menu. So this week make sure to engage and make sure that you are at the table and not on the menu. Do not let other people make the decision for you. Make sure you get out and vote and make sure it's a decision based on what you believe is right. Not just for society today or tomorrow, but for 10 years from now, 20 years from now, because any decision can have repercussions that last that long. It's your life. It's your country. Make it work. See you next week.